What up, ladies and gentlemen? We're headed to Houston, Texas to pick up my buddy Ryan from the airport. I'm here with Alexis Flores, and we're just talking about, like, kind of the supremacy of God, but most of all, like, how there's nothing else more worth it than God. You know, like, we... You, you were talking about Ecclesiastes and how everything is, is a, a vapor. It's like all of these things will perish, but God will sustain forever. And that's crazy to, for us to think because we know this reality right now. And we have wants and needs and desires right now. But we know that true reality is with the Lord. And we get to experience that for eternity i think we're passing a a funeral right now a funeral like caravan i know so. i saw a bunch of cops and i was just like whoa man you guys have got pulled over for speeding or something it's a lot of people yeah yeah no but yeah back on you were saying yeah it's just i just think he's insane oh yeah some limo yep you're right it's a funeral but i think it's just insane to know for a fact that our life right now, from our birth to our death, whenever that be, you know, is so short compared to our everlasting life we'll have in heaven. Mm. Like that matter of time is just so small compared to the length of our life afterwards and, and with God, with Jesus in heaven, you know. And I feel like a lot of times, like I said, um, people nowadays, especially our culture now, society believes that, you know, our life right now, it's the only life we got. And, and it's like make the most of it. And by doing like, anything that's like you want you know what right I mean? everything even if that means going against the word just do it because it feels good or just mm. do it because you want to do it you know what i mean but the thing is that you forget to realize that everything you do everything all the awards you win the achievements the you know every 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 good thing the world considers you know what i mean of, of winning and doing all those things the you know all those stuff disappear like mm. everyone like no matter what were you what what you were in life you're the richest of the rich or the poorest of the poor yeah. or some guy in middle-class America. Everyone has the same fate six feet under, <laughs> under dirt. You know what I mean? Well, like speaking of that, you know, funeral we passed um, a few years ago when my cousin Cade Riley passed away from a, a four-wheeler accident. That's exactly kind of what I felt is he wasn't the coolest guy. He, he wasn't the best at sports. He wasn't, you know, he was just kind of, to put it bluntly, a little mediocre in everything, except fishing. He was great at fishing. Fishing. Um, but but he, he just, did, in society's eyes, in the world's eyes, he wasn't seen as a, a, a great leader, a great this, a great that. But when he passed away, what you realized was that he never hurt a fly, that he loved everything and everyone he came into contact with. And that time period really made me realize that it's not about being cool. It's not about being good at things. It's not about how much stuff you do, how many people you lead to Christ necessarily. It's just about truly loving people. Like it's always been about loving people. And that just it blew my mind because it, it humbled me and it, it made me realize that, man, we strive for the wrong things. And we're led by society, especially in high school or in high school and college, um, to run after the wrong things. You know, it starts in sports and then it goes to classes to get a good job and to get to this place that is this theoretical place where we'll feel fulfilled in life. And focus on our path, our success, you know, what we want to do, what we're passionate about, instead of looking to the scriptures and saying, God, what do you, what have you designed me for? Because how am I supposed to know the path I'm supposed to walk? You know what I mean? Like, how am I supposed to know the path that I'm supposed to walk because I didn't design myself? Yeah, it's just, you know, what you brought up earlier about like, because honestly, like in in the Word of God, I I don't know exactly where, but it mentions how like, like when you get to heaven, who are you gonna bring with you? Like the people that that you help with, or the people like, you know what I mean? Like you want your house to be full. Like you just you just don't want just to barely get there to heaven. You get there to heaven, you don't have a home mm. or anything like that. You want to make sure you do the best you can by loving everybody and showing Christ in your daily life. You know, and by doing that, it really like, 
you know, shows a, a enormous impact in what Jesus has done in your life and what what enormous impact he can do in other people's lives, you know. And like you said, that's what really matters, the love, the care, and just showing that Jesus is among us because he is. He He's everywhere. He He's all around the world. He He's always living in people that really serve him. You can see what Jesus has really done in their lives, and I just mm. feel like that is so impactful to see some for somebody that have never seen Jesus in their life to see someone like that and be like, you know what? Uh, I want I want to know, I want to know more about this. Guy. Yeah. I want to know more about what it means to live this way. Well, to the it word. goes back to that verse of you can do nothing apart from me. The son can do nothing apart from the father. And it means nothing of substance, nothing of worth. And so we, we do all of these things. But if it's not, you know, divinely inspired or directed by the Lord, it's really not impactful at all it, it doesn't really mean anything you're at zero percent i'm gonna run in here and go to the restroom real fast all right hey i just kind of want to pray over this podcast and like because we forgot to at the beginning just to invite the lord in and allow him to impact people through it um instead of us trying to be crafty and good conversators to uh cause you know lasting impact it has to be the holy spirit to bring that so Lord Jesus, I pray that you come into this podcast, that you keep us safe on our drive. Um, We love you. We care about you. We know that you are the source of life. You are the source of love, Jesus. And apart from you, we can do nothing. God, I just pray for you to speak to someone's heart with this. Pick out a particular person that needs to hear this right now, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey. I, so so I want to hear a little bit more about your testimony, Alexis, and more specifically, so from what, from what I know, you are semi-new to being kind of on fire for Jesus, like radical about your faith. What has that been like lately, and how has God been shifting your heart more and more lately? Well, thanks thanks again for, yeah, for asking me. That's awesome. Appreciate it, though. But, you know... Um, and you know, it all kind of started because so my older brother used to go to um, the church, right? He started going to the church back at home that I go now when I come back home for the break and things like that. But he's the first one who started going because he had ex he had an ex girlfriend who used to go, and he just went. You know, me and my mom, you know, we were out of church for a couple years because we used to, used to go, we used to be Catholics, mm. and we stopped going for about six years because like it was just like I don't know, we just didn't feel anything at the church, so we just stopped going. So, you know, six years absence of going to church, my all of a sudden my older brother's going now. And note that I was just like a freshman in high school and he was a senior. And um, he was going with, with his girl, you know, his, his his girlfriend at the time. And me and my mom were like, ah, this is just, you know, uh, he's just he's just like just doing, she's just going to church because this is his girlfriend. Yeah. Right? To respect what her fate is and, you know, yada, yada, things like that. But eventually, you know, this was really unexpected. They broke up. And I was thinking to myself, well, I mean, they broke up, right? So he's going to stop going and things are going to go back to normal. But no, I was wrong. He still kept going. Mm. He met friends over there and he kept going and kept chasing God. And I saw this change in his life radically, you know. And Mm. I was just like, whoa, what the heck, you know. (laughs) And I've gone to church a few times with him at the time, too, in the summer, you know, leading into my sophomore year and leading into his, um, his, like, first semester at a community college at the time. Yeah, and I would go every once in a while, but there, but then I just stopped going because I was just like, whatever, right? Because I also had a girlfriend at the time, and and um, you know, my full focus focus at the time was her and my schoolwork, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, I think about my girlfriend, you know, um, at the time, you know, my ex girlfriend now, you know, um, I didn't really know, really meant to have a relationship. So, like at first, it was kind of that basic high school stuff, you know what I mean? Because you know, just, I don't know, just basic high school stuff like, oh, my gosh, I care about you so much. I'm like, oh, me too. Oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> things like that, right? But eventually, it's kind of brought out to sexual morality. And then and the focus point of relationship wasn't focused no more on the actual, like, carrying each other as, you know, not just as, like, a couple, but as friends as well. Yeah. It just came to, like, hey, when do you want to, like, you know, uh, let's do these things and just pleasure ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when, you know, it was just, it just focused, the whole focus of our strip was turned into that. Mm. You know what I mean? So when did God like grab you? It was when uh, our breakup actually. I, I realized I think it was in February twenty seven February twenty seventeen when that happened. It's like, you know, um, we 
broke up because I, I found out she cheated on me and I was just like really like I got really upset because I really attached myself to this girl a lot mm. and I just felt like man like I saw what my brother was doing and I remember it was like February 26th I think it was when I gave my life and it was in my room and I was just like man God I really don't know much about you I really don't know what I'm doing but honestly I just feel really empty and I feel like I just got like stabbed in the heart by this person but I just want you to come and and show me what it means to really follow you. Mm. And from that day, things got difficult in the sense that, like, you know, God was like, okay, let me take this out of your life. Let me take this out of your life. Let me take this out of your life. And eventually I saw that there was a lot of these issues that I had that I never knew I had, you know. And, like, one of the biggest things I really dealt with at first was that it was this girl, you know, like, she, you know, my ex-girlfriend, she, um, even though we were, bro- like, broke, we broke up, you know what I mean? Um, she would try to like uh, make me upset by showing and sending me snaps about her new like boo and things like that. You know what I mean? And at first, you know, my reaction was to act like the, any other teenager who got hurt in that way to like go off of her and and you know just be really immature about it. But God spoke to my heart. He said, "Don't." He said, "Just don't do anything about it. Just stay calm and let it pass." And eventually, it stopped going. You know. But you know, in that time, I, I still struggled a lot what it meant to find love and one of the biggest things why i turned to god at the time when it happened i really wanted to search what love was all about i i just didn't know what it meant because my interpretation to love was like doing like sexual stuff you know what i mean mm. and then eventually when i think it was first corinthians 13 verse 4 through 8 um it was about what love is about love is you know love let me see if i can pull it up can love is it. kind yeah, love is love kind. does not envy nor boast. Love is pa- love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Um, love does not insist on its own way. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, and it was this verse really spoke. So to it me. was really the it was really the relationship that pushed you into relationship with God. Yeah, because I realized that you know I didn't find any benefit from it anymore and after being like you know hurt and I, I just felt like like why why am why am i doing this to myself why am i like what's the purpose of having a relationship if you never get to feel any love in the first place so i felt like i was so confused what it meant what it means to actually love somebody not just mm. puzzle their body you know and mm. then i i figured out what love meant from a father you know, from mm. a friend, from a everla- everlasting God, you know? Yeah. And yeah, the, the verses, um, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It is always, always protects and always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. Love never fails. And it's just, you yeah, know what I mean? Th- one of the biggest things about yeah. that is we aren't capable of love apart from the source yeah of god like we are capable of things that look like love that kind of feel good we're capable of complimenting people we're capable of caring for people but we almost like replace love with those specific ideas you know those specific things that we do like caring for someone like feeling emotion towards them like uh, love is not an emotion love is a sacrifice yeah definitely and you know throughout through after that you know my faith got stronger i got involved with the church over there and i was so slowly you know going close to be one of like the youth leaders things like that i was going it was going really well but there was still something like attached to me that i didn't realize that was really a big issue that i i didn't really discover until this semester which is really like, you know, lust and pornography and things like that. You know, mm. I, I I kept doing it while in my walk in God, you know, but I was just like, oh, it's, you know, it's whatever. It's not the baddest thing ever, you know. So I kept doing it. But because I kept doing that, I realized that it kept me from doing things that God wanted me to do mm. because I was so in this sin and me just kind of like just ignoring it and just doing what I needed to do right. Uh, opportunities were taken away from me and things like that, yeah. you know. Sexual morality is a tough one, especially with the, you know, the uproar of pornography and uh, all this stuff we have access to and how apparent it is on even platforms that aren't supposed to be 
platforms like like Instagram for like triggering that you know desire because of like the scandalous nature that Instagram can have sometimes, yeah, and just like different websites in general. Um, but yeah, that's like man. So for you, was that something that you just had to place in God's hands? Because I know for me, there was a moment like a few years ago where I was worshiping and I had been, you know, sexually moral for, you know, several um, months. And then God just comes to me and he's like, hey, you know, you could fall back into that tomorrow and you would be exactly where you left off from, that you're going to be right back to that place. And I was like, oh, why? Like, why would you say that to me, God? I'm like sitting here kind of confused. I'm like, that doesn't feel good. Like, I felt like I've been, I've been doing good. And he was like, you haven't given it to me. You're doing it in your own strength. And in that moment, I just knew I had to give it to, to God. And I said, Hey, take this away from me. Take this burden from me. Like, this is all of you, all yours. And he gladly wants to take that on. That's what he's asking for, is for us to just lay these things in his hands. And at that moment, I felt a huge spiritual relief and release. And just knew that I would never fall back into that again. I just knew I wouldn't. Because I cared more about my relationship with God. I care more about my creator I know that in my creator, I have fullness of joy. That like I trust in the promises he's made. In the Jesus that's now, the Jesus that died on the cross, and the Jesus that is to come. Like all of those, it makes up our Lord and the promise. And that is why we can abstain from these natural human desires is by understanding that God is worth it. Yeah. That God is so much greater than anything that we can capture for ourselves. Any pleasure, any satisfaction, any wealth, anything that we can go after ourselves and come and take and, and store up here, that what he lays out in heaven is so much greater. Like Paul says that, I counted all his loss for the sur- surpassing, like, I forget the exact wording, but the surpassing glory of what is to come, like the joy that is to come. And like, that is how Jesus endured on the cross was because he knew that in the pain, that in the suffering, that what was to come, the gift, the promise that was to come you know, was so much greater, so, so much greater than what he was experiencing at the time. Like tens of thousands of billions of times greater than the pain he was experiencing. And that is how he endured because he was a man. And I think that's incredible. So like whenever we're dealing with these issues, these sinful desires, the only way to truly get freed from them is to not try to break the chains ourselves, but just give them to Jesus. Yeah. And like, you know, one big thing before, you know, I really gave my, my problem was pornography. My problem was lust. And my problem of like wanting to feel love and my problem, wanting to find the one already and wanting to, to just like put my whole like entire, like, in devotion not to god but on somebody else really came like this year honestly like because you know even like i said even though i was searching god i was getting better with a lot of things in my life that one piece i never wanted to give away i didn't realize it was a big issue until like i said this this past semester where a really good friend of mine you know i was like best friends with her and i helped her a lot and i was really blinded by my love for her not just as a friend, but maybe something more. My mind always thought that maybe one day we can be together if, if I be her friend long enough. Mm. It was basically like loving somebody who didn't love you back. You know what I mean? 
And through that, that really, really like opened my eyes. And after breaking the relationship apart and just letting it be and cutting her off and realizing that she really wasn't really helping me out. I was being used. I was, um, you know, I, I was just really devoting a lot of time into her and I would get nothing back from it. You know, it was really one sided. And, and there was times I got really upset. I remember one time in high, like back my, my you know, like um, second semester of my senior year, I had an anxiety attack over her because she was going through a lot of things. And I was really trying to be that hero for her. I was really blinded in the fact that, oh, this girl's attractive. Oh, maybe this girl likes me. So I want to be the hero that takes her to God. So therefore, we can be together. And that was the wrong intentions and wrong mindset that I had at the time. You know what I mean? And because of that, I got myself really hurt. I got myself really attached. And then, you know, after letting her go, I realized that, wow, I really just kept my eyes away from God. I was My eyes were on her and wanting her to seek you. But at the same time, I was forgetting that I should seek you first before even trying to do anything with her. Mm-hmm. And... And after letting you go, it made me realize that, wow, like the only true friend, you know, friends come and go, you know what I mean? But the really true friend, the true father that always will be there will be God, will be Jesus. He will never let you go. He will always there be, be there for you, you know. And and after growing and realizing, you know, like, wow, there's so many parts of my life that I didn't realize that were really a big issue. And giving them to God, it really makes me feel like, wow, like that time you spent with god the time right now you're living why are you doing these other things you should go and see god and and do and help other people you know and 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 do what's best for the gospel do what's best to spread the word do what you know what i mean to glorify him you know yeah and realizing that well i should really go for 100 percent because you know like i said for for the longest time in my first two years of serving god you know i realized that that one sin kept me away from what he really wanted me to do yeah and i think that sin is so hard to identify as such because of the way society talks about it because like oh it's a natural thing like it's normal you know if you're there's something wrong if you're not doing that there's something wrong there's unnatural like you know locker room talk all that stuff like they it's it, it it's almost seen as like oh if like even in college like you know the whole fraternity movement and all that stuff not saying all fraternities are bad but it's just it's almost seen as oh if you are a virgin it's weird it's, it's like, bad yeah, it's like it's not normal it's yeah you're there's something wrong with you and i think that might be part of the reason well, the the biggest part about that is we really have to break the mold in our lives on not making society's ideas our standard of right and wrong, our standard yeah. of morality, because morality only comes from one place, and that is God. That is the scriptures. That's how he made us. And so we need to start transforming our mind by reading scripture that getting this scripture in our heart so it just forms and and just grinds all this you know these false ideas out of our minds because there's one truth there's one standard one truth and then there's all these other lies around it there's all these other lies that kind of hide it and cover it up and we have to recognize the word of god as the inherent truth of reality that this is the base of reality that this is the fundamental bedrock of reality that this is how we get our morals this is how we make decisions this is how we know what truly is right or wrong this is how we defend against spiritual things this is how we remove hatred from our heart like all of these things are found within the love of god and knowing him and how do we know him? We read the scriptures more and we discern his voice and recognize his voice and know what he has spoken. But we also invite the Holy Spirit and talk to God and pray and worship to him. We worship because we, we're in awe of what he does. We're not worshiping just to sing songs, but we are in awe of God. We love God so much. He's worthy of our worship because of how glorious he is how powerful how amazing he is being the creator of everything he's the greatest artist of all time and 
we use the scriptures because because Jesus talks about he's like you search the scriptures and he's talking about this in this very specific context. But I've always kind of received it as, you know, we can't find God only within the scriptures. Yes, that is the, one of the reading the Bible is one of the most important things. But if we don't actively invite the Holy Spirit into our lives through, you know, if we don't make reading the Bible worship and something that just fills our hearts, it's less effective. It's less living. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, one big thing too, because of realizing that I really need to give the sin up, I really need to make sure that I'm 100% with God. Um, that individual time is so important. That individual time with God is it's like it's like a must you must do at least in the morning or whenever you have time you know and at least weekly as well like every day if you can it's just it, what it does it, it's it just, about knowing god yeah, because it's like you never know when the time will come when you come back or when you die or anything like that and so would would you would you like want to die go to heaven and jesus say i do not know you like i don't know who you are mm. you know what i mean yeah. you want to go there and he wants to be like oh i know you like hey hey what's up bailey how you doing <laughs> welcome to heaven you know what I mean? Something like that. You know, just really know God, really read the word and really just find that time and in, in worship, especially that worship. I want to say is one of the most beautiful moments ever because you can just throw your hands up and just let everything go. You can play an instrument and just let the spirit move yeah. through you and just, just well, I think let it go. One of the, one of the yeah. biggest things to recognize and focus on with what you're saying is it has to be about knowing god it has to be about getting to know god actually commu communing with him like it it can't be out of requirement like you can't just read the bible because you're supposed to you have to read the bible because you want to know the god who saved you the god who made you like because if you get to heaven or you get to the age to come, Jesus returns and you really the age to come if, and, and, and you're talking to the Lord and he asks you, why are you here? Like, why did you do these things? Maybe. And you say, oh, it's because, you know, I was supposed to. No, I just I, I knew this is a place if everybody told me I I need to be in here so I don't like burn, you know. Everybody told me this is where I, I'm supposed to go. Like this is where I'm supposed to strive towards. It's like if you have if you have a wife and you give them flowers, right? And they ask you, Why did you give me these flowers? And you say, Oh, and it's just like, you know, that's what you know, you're supposed to do as a husband. You're just supposed to do that and that's the only reason I did it. No, you gave them to her because you you find joy in her happiness and her excitement. You find that joy in that. And so that's what we need to do with God. We need to find our joy within him, not within the requirements, you know, not within the law, but within the fulfiller of the law. Yeah, definitely. Because... If you really just do it out of um, root, you know, out of just like, oh, I got to do it or like that, you never get nothing from it. Cause I feel like that goes back to the religion aspect that sometimes people get confused with, that they feel like that if you read the Bible and you got to do this and do that, oh, there's a bunch of chores, oh, that's just religion, you know, it's just, I have to do it because I got to be saved, things like that. No, the reason why you do it is basically, I know we talked about this yesterday, it's about like, you know, practicing, it's about like, you know, really getting to know Jesus. And all this is about is a relationship with Jesus. You know, it's not religion. It's it's not it's not something just like you're something routine you got to do and you have to do it. You do it because you want to. Like you want to hang out with some friend or anybody. You do it because you want to, not because you have to. Not You know what I mean? You want to do it. You want to know this person. You want to like really truly understand yeah. who they are. You well, know? and not only that, you do it because you need to. Yeah. Like, not because you have to, not because you are told to or required to, because you need to meet with God in the morning and throughout the day, staying in prayer, 
to be able to survive, to be able to be fruitful, to be able to do anything of substance, anything of worth. I need to meet with God. I need to receive what he has for me today. I need to dive into scripture and get familiar with what he says, how he says it, you know, so that I can love people right, that I can actually love people. Yeah, because the word tells you, like, it's crazy because a lot of people can, like, think that the, that the Bible is really outdated. But a lot of things the Bible talks about are still happening today, which is pretty crazy. And how, like, so many things in the word is what you can apply to your own life today. And it's just, it's just like, wow, like, God knew exactly how, even though humanity seems like it's, like, growing more, becoming more advanced in technology and, you know... And just, you know, growing more as a, you know, as a whole, like, society and civilization of making mm. these new, you know, a bunch of, you know what I mean? Like, different new technologies, things like that. Yeah. But at the core of it, despite all these nice little fancy toys we're all making now and fancy toys we have, like, cell phones or, like, even, a, you know, like, even this nice car with air conditioning, you know what I mean? Yeah. Despite of all those things, humanity's, like, fundamental core and the way we act has been the same throughout the years, has been the same everywhere. People are still filled with greed. People still want everything they want. There's people in power, people in poverty, people that are rich, you know. All these things are still the same. It just made a di- they're just shown in different forms. Like, in, in like and again, in Ecclesiastics, it says, like, everything that has been, like, over the sun has, has come back or something like that. Let me see. If I there's can. nothing new under the sun. So, yeah, something like that, yeah. And it just goes to the fact that how everything keeps on repeating in different ways. And it's just, like, it's the same thing that happened before. It's just that we have nicer toys. We have different buildings and you know what I mean? And, and well, and, and now we're at a point where people are trying to create their own savior or be their own savior through technology. They're trying to figure out how to, you know, create immortality with technology. Like that is a... a big focus of the top technological specialists right now is like how do we live forever and it's like oh that is it just hurts your heart because it's like we're 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 told how to live forever because we don't want to live forever in a place with sin a place with death a place with lifelessness you know we don't want like this there is a lot of joys in this earth and we can bring heaven to earth. You know, we can bring the spirit of God here right now. But the surpassing joy, satisfaction, amazement, glorification that is to come on the day of the Lord is unimaginable, unexplainable. And we cannot even compare it. Like, we can compare it to here a little bit because we're going to have bodies, we're going to have mouths, eyes, and we're going to be able to move around. Like, God created this creation for a specific reason. But there's a reason that after Adam and Eve sinned, after they took of the apple and they were brought out of this place of pure intimacy with God, that they were searching for a way back. That's why there is like the lineages in the Bible is because they're looking for the seed. They're looking for Jesus because they're so desperate to get back to where they were. They felt what it felt like to be fully connected to God. And then the light just turned off. Yep. And it's, we're so lucky that our God is, full of love and righteous and just because he gave us a second chance. He gave us a way to be able to spend eternity with him. And that's through Jesus. That's through Jesus. Yeah. And going back to the, you know, the phrase of like what, what all this kind of, kind of like surrounds about in the Bible, especially like, yeah, Ecclesiastes, um, verse one, I mean, this chapter one, verse nine, it says, uh, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There's nothing new under the sun. And mm. I just feel like that little phrase and, and you know that verse has so much meaning 
into what we're talking about. It's just it shows that regardless of you know how much time passes, it will always be the same in the way we act. Where hum- where human when humanity is on its own and just wanting to not see God and wanting to satisfy the satisfy desires. themselves and just follow what the flesh wants and really be controlled by the enemy. It really goes for show how like that thing still exists today. There's so much people around us, even like people that we consider our friends at times that are really loving the fact that they they're listening to what their flesh wants, they're doing what the world says and they're just doing like, Hey, this is awesome, you know, this is fun. Why don't you do it? It is something that mm-hmm. we should do at this age, you know, but then you know what I mean? The harder thing about it is it's that, an easy way yeah, out. That's the easy like, way out. Yeah, it's like, oh, like man, you know, this is a really easy way. Like, but nothing, nothing worth anything is easy. Nothing yep. worth anything comes at no cost. You know what yep. I mean? Because even our eternal life came at a cost yep. and it had to in order for God to be just because yep. he can't just swipe the sin under the rug and say, oh, well, you know, because he despises sin. He can't stand it because it's against his nature. He doesn't want that to make it into the next age, into the age to come because he can't so he had to pay for it he had to settle the playing field he had to balance you know the the whatever that's called (laughs) the scale he had to balance the scales again and like if we deny that as our payment if we deny that it's like man we are literally doing exactly what adam and eve did by saying by believing the lie that, oh, we could be gods, we could save ourselves, we can live on our own terms. And it's like, man, there's a, there's a way to eternal life. There is a way to it. And it's by obedience to God's word. It says, if you love me, you will follow me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And it's not just a prayer we pray. It's never just been a prayer we pray, but it's a life that we walk that gives us access to God. It is actually being in relationship with Him. What does it mean to actually be in relationship to God? Like, that is the question we need to be asking ourselves every day. What does it mean to actually know who God is to the point where He wants to invite us into His home, His dwelling place, His home? What does it mean to know God to an extent where he wants to spend forever with us? What does that mean? And it's, it, it goes back to this good representation that someone uh, was talking about on a, on a video one time, which was if no, like, and people are like, oh, but what about good people, people that do good things? Alexis, if you walked up to my house, I had no idea who you were. And you knocked and you said, hey, I helped the old lady cross the street. You know, I gave money to the poor. I did this, all these good things. And then you said, hey, will you let me in? I'd be like, dude, I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't really care if you have done these good things. I don't know you, you know. And uh, <laughs> it'd be weird if you did that. But that's what it comes down to is God doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily about, it's not about what we do apart from God. It's what God does through us. Yeah. And we have to be submitted to the will of God. It's the obedience that gets us closer to him. It's seeking him that gets us closer to him. It's everyday pursuit. It's dropping the, the, the old self and adopting the new. Yeah, it's just when we truly give our life to God, it just we our old self dies and we come new again. And, you know, being like this new person in Christ, you know, the first steps feels kind of weird at first because like, you're not used to. But eventually when you really get into it and you really like follow what the word says, you feel a change in your heart. You feel a change in your heart. You feel like you feel you feel clean. You feel satisfied. You feel that well, like, you know, um, despite any situation I'll ever be in, either good or bad, I know there's a God out there that cares about me. I know there's a God out there that 
that knows me and I know there's a God out there that will will keep me from anything the enemy is trying to do to make that make sure that I get like away from, you know any, anything mm. that the enemy is trying to do to take me away from God's presence it won't get to me because God is there already protecting me because mm. you know I just feel like since we're walking in this in this path you know the path is so narrow it feels at times that the devil is winning but yeah the devil could win a battle here and there but the but the fight the war it's already been won yeah. to what Christ did yeah. it's been won and knowing for the fact that Jesus came and, and his 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 devil was bought a price of all of our sins he died and 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 through dying of the cross, we were saved and knowing for a fact that, that there's grace and there's love and there's, there's opportunity for us to find salvation yeah. in something that's so much greater than we'll ever, like there's, there's yeah. no amount of words that we can describe how amazing it is to know that we have a God that's living and that's here with us right now. You know what I mean? It's just, there's so, there's so much amount of words that we can say. All we can do is just, just praise and pray and, and, and and just well, go go crazy. Yeah, and if we and God. if we uh, look at Jesus, he really understood what it meant to like trust in God. He understood that we put all our worth in what it like. Do we believe that God keeps His word to the extent that? If we died for what we believed in, if we got murdered, it would be worth it. And that's what we have to believe as Christians because we live in a society now with all this technology happening, like you said, that it seemingly seems that that there is going to be some crazy things happening soon. And you see society shifting towards a opposition of christians opposition of christian values it, it's it starts out of opposite opposition of christian values and then it turns into opposition of christians and we have to be so intertwined with god like we have to meet with him and know him so much that we're okay to die that we're okay to die and we're not going to renounce our faith because of the threat of death because we know to die is to gain to that that we will inherit this earth in a renewed form yeah because um look back into acts or even look back you know to paul and and all the apostles you know that that really went forward and were spreading the gospel when their church barely began you know um they they died for jesus Mm -hmm. they were willing you know you know, they were willing to really give their lives, and some of them did. You know, but most of them all died serving God. And Paul, he had to suffer to serve, serving God, you know what I mean? Being stuck in prison. There's this really beautiful verse in Philippians. I want to say Philippians, I want to say 1, verse 12. And it talks about how, like, this is Paul talking. He's like, even though I'm in this prison right now, I'm in chains for Christ. You know, I'm, I'm, in all, I'm surrounded by so much bad right now. Mm. But I'm doing it. It's all for God. It's to show that there's so much perseverance in God. And regardless of whatever situation you're in, again, good or bad, God will persevere and Jesus will go. Because Jesus already fought the battle that that, that literally, literally determined what yeah. will happen to us. You well, know? that just shows how blessed yeah. we are right now. Yep. Because, like, man, I'm glad. Honestly, I'm glad I'm not Paul. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, you know, God has placed us in certain time periods with attributes, skills, gifts that we have for specific reasons with like greatness of wisdom very precisely put us where we need to be with who we need to be around and gives us opportunities to come with him, come to him, gives us opportunities to see him. Like even on this drive, man, like, like, Trees are amazing. I, I was hearing this uh, sermon last night. It was actually one of the Passion Conference sermons. And he was talking to a, a physicist that was saying um, that the the likelihood to get a human out of randomness is like shooting a target 100 million light years away 
and hitting it bullseye. This is one of the greatest minds that is currently living. This physicist, I can't remember exactly who it was, but um, it, it was uh, it was a sermon from Ravi. I forget his last name. Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias, I believe. Yeah. Uh, at Passion, and he was saying the likelihood to get a human is like a um an explosion going off in a junkyard and getting a perfectly built 747 plane it's like we don't expect for a a um printing press to catch on fire and us get a dictionary you know that is the amount of preciseness that it took to make a human that it is irrational to think that we are random that is a hundred percent irrational logically to think that this happened randomly because we don't expect like what are the what are the chances of a printing press catching on fire and then us getting a dictionary out of it or blowing up breaking and us like having a dictionary perfectly like that is the level of randomness to which it took to make a human yeah it's just man that's that is crazy i tell you that that is crazy to know that you know yeah i just yeah like hitting a target dead on a hundred million light years away or a hundred billion light years i think yeah it's just man we are truly truly like lucky everything is sculpted Everything is sculpted. Yeah, we just, you know, this is just amazing for a fact that, you know, we were given life to live in the, to live in the world, you know what I mean? There's opportunities everywhere and to live in a world where there could be change to be done, you know, and the work is continuous to be spread, you know, it just, it's just a blessing to know for a fact that God gave us, you know, the power and God gave us the, 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 you know, the authority to do you know to you know i mean you know like in genesis in genesis it talks about how like he he made his authority all all over the creatures of the world he gives authority to even even acts to make sure that we you know we can do the things that the the apostles you know the disciples did in acts things like that you know he gives all the things to make sure we continue on what what the world what we're truly designed for and what we're truly here for is to serve god and and get back to where it once where it once was a long time ago, mm-hmm. where before Adam and Eve did the first sin, where we were really like there with God. You know, we were there walking with God, and God was walking among us. Like literally, He's like, you know, the actual you know being was there. You know, and and that's all I was about. Just get back there, get back to heaven, and 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 be there with God. And that's also what it's about. You know, our lives are so tiny compared again to the everlasting. You know time we'll have in heaven it's just it's truly insane and and i don't know i just don't have the words to just express him how grateful i am honestly it's good yeah it's just man it's uh it's it's amazing tell you that but like kind of like backtracking back to how we talked about the you know like smiling through the struggles you know Mm. this is the verse i was talking about in philippians first philippians um verse 12 this is paul talking when he's in prison he says, um, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what, what what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord. And there all more proclaim the gospel without fear. Mm-hmm. And that's just amazing to know that some like it encourages us to know when people go through bad stuff and they make it through it encourages us to know that wow we can really not be ashamed of the gospel we can really just go for it and and really just show what it means who Jesus who Jesus truly is you know and and it just it just makes me happy and and, and always like bring warmness in my heart to know that that man God is there and God is there he he's there listening he's there always you know and like I remember um, Jarden yesterday. He was talking about how, like, when he was on top of a, I think you said it too, like you, you were on top of a hill, you saw somebody, and the person down on the hill, all the very bottom, doesn't even know you're looking at him, mm-hmm. doesn't even know that you he's you're seeing what he's doing, and that's how God feels. 
God is that person on the hill watching you every day doing your daily deeds. And you don't even know sometimes that he's watching you. Some people don't even know that there's a God watching them. But mm. he's there. He's truly there. And actively intervening. Actively yeah. coordinating. That's and, the biggest thing. And that just, man, that's, that's just insane. That people, like, you know, we all take sometimes God for granted in the things he does in our lives. And that's why you should go and always repent and always seek the kingdom first. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just... Seeking the kingdom first really, really leads, like, I don't know, like, when you try, like, I always say, when you try to do it on your own, when you try, like, to seek what you want, it always falls apart, and you always feel unsatisfied. Well, this is how I yeah. put it, because I, we, yeah. we, and I want to talk to Chato more about this, but yeah, we were in the mountains last week, and, or, or yeah, this last week, and I was... I got up early to spend time with the Lord and, and spend sunrise with him. And, and what I realized was I'm seeing a sliver of the entire creation, but the sun shines on the whole creation. And so when I look at the sun, the sun can then reflect the full perspective back to me instead of me looking at the earth, looking at the world and trying to figure out how to live based upon that. No, I can look at God, which sees the whole entire painting, the whole entire picture, and then receive the true perspective from that. My limited perspective staring at one spot is not the full picture. If you're like looking at a painting, but you're like your face is like next to it, your nose is touching the painting, you're not going to really understand what the painting is and you're not going to understand how to appreciate the painting for its beauty. But yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, sharing your testimony and stuff like that. Um, this was fun. I think we're about 30 minutes from the airport. Um, let's try to find like a coffee shop and chill. All right, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. We appreciate you coming here. Hope this helped you get some uh, perspective and hopefully it wasn't too complicated or uh, confusing. Hopefully we didn't make it confusing. But uh, thanks for thanks for coming. All right. God bless y'all, man. <laughs>